0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 25th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd Today, of course, the first day since the end of the Orlando Magic season. The team flew back from Toronto today. They'll have their exit interviews tomorrow, so we'll have complete coverage of that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But today, being the first day of the rest of our lives, I've decided we're going to, to take a look into the future a little bit or talk a little bit about the issues that will frame the Magic's offseason and, and how the Magic, uh, what the Magic need to do to, or what, what issues are going to be facing the Magic as they begin to prepare for the 2020 season uh, and try to, yes, get back to the playoffs, number one, and number two, do a little bit more damage. Um, so these are the big philosophical questions, the big issues, the big ideas that will matter this summer as the Magic start to get going, and and you know as as we begin to sit here and, and think about these a little bit more, um, it is you know it is a a big summer. It is a summer that that produces a lot of questions for this Magic team. They they had some successes here. There's no denying that, but now the biggest issue is how do you maintain that success? And I always think back to something Scott Skiles said at, at exit interviews before he he uh, ceremony unceremoniously resigned from his position. It's easy to go from 25 to 35 wins. It's a lot trickier to go from 35 to 45 wins. And of course, the Magic sitting at 42 wins. It's going to be as difficult to maintain 42 wins as it is to jump up to 50. And so we'll we'll, we'll address some of the issues that will certainly face the Magic, both internally and externally, as we uh, begin to prepare and begin to think about what the 2020 team will look like. Don't worry, we'll have... This is just to whet the appetite. We'll be Getting into it a lot over the course of the next two months before July 1st, and of course leading into the NBA draft in late June, Uh, and of course we'll be doing plenty of season recap and discussing the season that was here starting next week on the podcast. Um, I'll do my traditional Orlando Magic daily stuff where um, we'll talk about what went right, what went wrong, do player evaluations over the course of the next month. So plenty to talk about the previous season. We'll get into that in the coming weeks, but for now we'll whet the appetite with what's to come here in the offseason. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. NBA playoffs, of course, still go on, even though the Orlando Magic aren't in them. I don't know why. I, I think they should just stop right now. I think everything's done. Uh, but, uh, if, but since they do, you can check out what the Houston Rockets have to say after the big win over the Utah Jazz as they get ready to... Probably take on the Golden State Warriors. I'm recording this while, while the Warriors game's going on. I imagine the Warriors won Game 5 and, and set up that rematch. Um, but you can check out Locked On Rockets for the lowdown on that. Want to get a leg up on the Eastern Conference Semifinals. A really good... It's going to be two really fantastic series, in my opinion. Locked On Bucks, Locked On Celtics, Locked On Sixers, and Locked On Raptors have you handled there. Want to get the lowdown on the national perspective? You check out Locked On NBA and, of course, Fantasy Basketball on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. The NFL Draft is tomorrow. Um, and, and Locked On NFL Draft will have you completely covered on that, as well as the other Locked On NFL as well And then, of course, you can check out the Locked On MLB podcast and colleges, too. There's a podcast for everyone. You can find them all on iTunes or on the Himalaya app. Download podcasts directly to your mobile device. Get recommendations and create playlists, too, all on the Himalaya app, home of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can check them all out there. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So, the Orlando Magic, as we know, you know, just take stock of it here, finished 42 and 40. Finished at the seventh seed in the East Southeast Division champions, hang the banner, uh, and made the playoffs. Boston five games. But overall, it was undoubtedly a huge step forward. First playoff appearance in seven years, uh, finishing over 500, just uh, so many things. To be really proud and happy about it. it. Certainly, as as I said on yesterday's podcast, a really bitter taste to the to the end of the season. The way the the, the season ended, the last four games, just really frustrating. And, and and like I said yesterday, not how we should remember this team. Um, and and I I definitely think uh that there are, that this is a memorable season that that we will talk about. Uh, for years. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the Heart and the Hustle team, but I think we will talk about this team in the same kind of, not maybe not reverent tones, because we all knew that was like a one-time thing and this is more the culmination of a, of a lot of things, perhaps the beginning of some other things. But we, will, we will talk about this team lovingly, in my opinion, as history plays out. Um, this is certainly a very memorable season. It was fun to document and fun to watch it. But as many people point out, and I, and I don't I think they' they're wrong to to point it out now, but but it is something to to note. The NBA is never about stagnation. Progress and, and, and the inevitability of a team winning is never assured. The magic certainly know that more than anyone. And standing still is falling behind. There are, are, were many people who would debate with me and, and talk with me and say, we this isn't good. You don't want to be the seven seed. You don't want to be you don't want to be a team that isn't competing for a championship. And, and perhaps that's an evaluation of the talent to say that this team can't develop into a championship team. I'll probably talk a little bit about my, about my theories on, on that and why I think the Magic are on a good path to one day perhaps get to championship contention, even without that so-called lottery pick that, that everyone's been waiting for. But that's a debate for another day. There is definitely some currency to that belief that if you're stuck in the middle of the conference, if you're stuck constantly as a five, six, seven, eight seed, you're not really going anywhere and, and you might need some drastic change. To, to that, I would argue this is just the first year. The Magic made the playoffs, they made their mark, they proved they could do this. Now, if they're a seven, six, five seed for the next three years, then yes, I, I agree things have probably gone a little stale and and we need to talk about what comes next. To me when I look at this team, I, I do think there is a central tension that that is wrapped up in that debate that will characterize a lot of the debates that we have this summer and, and what the magic choose to do you know before the draft in late June and, and free agency in July we do have to ask ourselves a question after seven years of this rebuild, not having a superstar player, which Dwight Howard was a superstar player. After seven years of this rebuild, is this as good as this team gets can get? Or is this the beginning of something new? To me, how the... Ma- and I know everyone probably falls in their camps on, on that question. And that's great. I, I think there is there are reasons on both sides. I mean, I think we can, and I'll explain why I think both are actually correct in a second here. But I think there are reasons on both sides that both those state uh, for both those statements that yes, the the guys who led the team in this playoff run, Nikola Vucevic, DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, those were the three kind of central figures with with. Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac providing supporting roles, Mobamba struggling a little bit in his rookie year. That what is clearly the future of this team is not the reason the Magic made the playoffs, or at least the, 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 the big reason why the Magic made the playoffs. And I think that argument is perfectly fair. Um, I do. And if that's the case, then yes, this is a nice blip on the radar, good experience for everybody, but there's no reason to commit to a past that doesn't have much of a future instead of recommitting to the future, even if that means you fall back a little bit. That's perfectly reasonable and understandable. But I also believe that, and I, I tend to fall under this camp, but like I said, I, I think both are correct. Um, but there's also the reason to believe that, yes. This is the beginning of something special. You know, Nikola Vucevic is 28, 29 years old. He's in the prime of his career playing some fantastic basketball, these last playoffs notwithstanding. And he's probably as good as he's going to be. Perhaps there's still some improvements to to go with him. But Aaron Gordon is still developing. Jonathan Isaac is still developing. And they made their presence felt in the Magic's playoff series. And again, I'll talk a little bit about all this coming up. And so, this debate is going to be the big debate of the offseason. And again, how I answer it, how you answer it, doesn't matter. Because it's really only how Jeff Weltman answers it. Because, like I said, both arguments are correct. And, And my personal opinion is you can do both, you can commit to your future and build for your future while still trying to see how much more you can squeeze out of this group as constructed. When guys are ready to take on more responsibility, they will. That's, that's called development. As guys move up and replace others. And of course, the central question of this entire offseason that will more than embody this this the central question that I've asked. Is this as good as this team can get? Or is this the beginning of something bigger? The central question the Magic will ask to answer that question is do they resign Nikola Vucevic? His postseason was terrible. There's no getting around that. He played Poorly, the magic didn't help him. The team didn't help him, and I think that played a role. But even the shots that you that, that Nikola Vucevic got that he should make, he did not make them. He was clearly uh, f- flustered. I think by the physicality of the playoffs, Marcus Gasol just made him look really poor. And after seven years with him on this team, there—I mean, there was already plenty of Vucevic fatigue. Already plenty of Vucevic fatigue. And for a lot of people, it already looked like this is as good as this can get. You drafted Mo Bamba with the sixth overall pick. You don't need to commit a long-term deal to Nikola Vucevic. Again, I don't think those people are wrong. There's plenty of reasons to believe that. He was an all-star this year, no doubt. He was the best player on the team, no doubt. This team is not in the playoffs without him, no doubt. The offense, which was 23rd in the league granted, but he was clearly the best and most consistent offensive option the team had. It ran through him. And it's going to be tough to envision this team copying anything that they did this year. Or at least, with, unless it's a complete surprise, copying anything that they did this year without Nikola Vucevic. And I don't think even the detractors can argue with that. But the question here is still about building for the future. The question here is still about not commi- overcommitting to a team that, yes, probably tops out as a five or six seed. It's about not overcommitting to a team that doesn't have a clear future, and yes, it's about keeping a path clear when Mo Bamba is ready to start. Now that there's certainly plenty of camps about what to do with that, and I'm not going to get into that now. Well, we'll talk about Nikola Vucevic's free agency in in the coming months. This is this is the big big decision the Magic have to make. And what they do with this decision will and should affect how they prepare for the draft, affect how they attack the trade market when it opens, and then yes, how they attack free agency. It's certainly possible and certainly reasonable to think that if the Magic let Vucevic go, they will probably re-sign Kem Birch to start at center until Mbamba's ready. Or go out and sign a low-cost starter, starting caliber center, probably one who can shoot just like Vucevic can. I know a lot of fans have suggested Brook Lopez. I think he'll be too pricey to be honest. Um, there, there will be options available should they not retain Vucevic, but it's certainly a very good chance that they do. Now, I, I, I think there's, you know, with the with the world we live in, whenever I've talked about this, it, it gets heated that this debate is going to be heated until July 1st. And I would say, just because I think they should resign Vucevic, doesn't mean I think they should resign him for anything. My suspicion, and, and how I would approach this, is I would set a number, the the my limit for keeping Nikola Vucevic. And if his market passes that limit, or he does not, want that limit, then I'm okay letting him walk. Because again, I do agree with this sentiment. You can't overcommit yourself to a team that's not going to win or win at a high level. And eventually, you're going to have to pay Jonathan Isaac. You're going to have to pay Markel Fultz. You're going to have to pay Mo Bamba. And you can't be overcommitted financially, especially if you want to add other players to the equation which I'm sure the Magic want to do, possibly in 2020 or 2021. You would hope by then that they're ready to make a big bit of a splash. I would also argue too, and this is something I'll probably argue again uh, during the summer, explain a little bit more in the summer. I do think that there is value to having some productive high-priced players on your roster. You don't get other big-salary players if you don't have productive big-salary players yourself. And so, I know that the Magic struggled to trade Nikola Vucevic under his previous contract. Again, a fair argument. I don't think they'd have that much problem if he were at a higher price, to be honest, to get back value that uh, at equal value, which I think was ultimately what prevented the Magic from trading him a few times. As he was on such a bargain deal that they weren't able to get the value they wanted for him. That's my perspective. Now I'm sure over the next few months we will argue about what that number that the Magic should not surpass will be. Some would say it should be 18, 19. I, I think he's clearly going to get over 20. I, I I honestly feel like the if they can get him on the same kind of deal that Aaron Gordon got, front loaded especially, I, I think that would be that would be a coup for the Magic. And so I think that I think when it comes to Nikola Vucevic. The contract structure is going to be everything. From all I've heard, Vucevic likes it in Orlando, but it's going to come down to money. It's a business at the end of the day. There is obviously a lot that's going to happen. There's obviously a big decision here. This is the big decision point for the Magic their whole summer, their whole 2020 season, it's going to be kind of built around what they decide to do with Nikola Vucevic. And like I said, I'm not sure there is a right decision. I'm not sure there is a wrong decision at the end of the day. But this is the central question. And how you answer it, how Jeff Weltman and John Hammond answer it, is going to determine what the Magic can do this offseason.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Floating in the background of all that is as, as they as the Magic look to improve the roster and and, and get new players in are the playoffs. Um, I think, as I've said, the the playoffs expose your every weakness. the uh, uh, The playoffs really. The playoffs really do, kind of force you to come to terms with what you're bad at. Because with a team able to focus their attention wholly on you, they're able to kind of pick apart any loose thread and pull it until it unravels. And, you know, I think that generally Orlando's defense was fine. Games four and five, it came apart. But I thought the Magic generally played good defense in the series. But it did not matter because they could not score enough. And and they didn't have enough guys who could who could stop Kawhi Leonard and, and do and be playmakers on that end, which the Magic do have guys who are just not there yet. They're not ready for it yet. But I, I think this series really came down to the Magic's inability to score. Uh it, it really came down to their inability to create off the dribble, to create without a screen. And I think this is you know, barring the Nikola Vucevic departure, if the Magic keep Nikola Vucevic at whatever price they keep him at, the next big thing is finding guys who can create their own shot and create a shot for others. Some of that will come from internal improvement. Some of that will come from, say, Markel Fultz getting healthy and being able to contribute on the floor. Uh, Even with the Sixers this year, he was a pretty high assist guy. He was able to get into the paint, get into the ba- get to the basket. He, he you know, I, I, I'll, you, you can look at his stats uh, per 36 or, or otherwise. Put your hand over his field goal percentage and his scoring, and that looks like a pretty good, at least backup point guard, at the very least. Give him a few more minutes, and, and he's probably putting up starter caliber numbers. And, you know, he didn't play great defense this year because Philadelphia's defense wasn't as good, but he has the potential to be a good defender as well. So, with, with, with that all in mind, you know, the Magic might have their guy that can create off the dribble for them in those situations. Certainly, the other issue is, is the Magic don't have enough shooters or at least enough shooters that defenses respect because I, I do think shooting in this league is more about perception than reality. You start hitting a lot of threes, you start proving the defense wrong, that you can make those shots... Uh, they'll they'll start covering you, and that'll open up a lot more in the paint. and, and the playoffs, the magic just couldn't hit threes. Um, Evan Fournier couldn't hit, shot, hit couldn't hit threes. Uh, Aaron Gordon was really the only guy who made threes consistently. DJ Augustin couldn't get free. So, you know, the the, the guys that that took threes in the series were the guys Toronto wanted to take threes, like Wesolundo. Um, if Evan Fournier shoots threes at, at a clip that we know that he can shoot him at, even if he shot threes at the clip he shot this year when he didn't shoot particularly well. That series is probably a little bit different. Certainly, Game Three. If if he doesn't go one for eight, if he goes two for eight, three for eight, uh, the Magic probably win that game. And we're probably talking about Game Game Six in Orlando tomorrow night, or tonight actually. Sorry, I'm recording this on Wednesday night. But overall, this is the big thing that the Magic have to find. One way or another, the Magic have to find guys who can create off the dribble for themselves. They have to find more shooters. Now, whether they draft that, whether they trade for that, whether they acquire that in free agency, they've got to find these skills. They've got to find players who can do these skills. Now, as I think we learned last year with Malik Monk in Charlotte, Steve Clifford isn't going to play yet just because you can shoot. The Magic still need to find two-way players. They still need to find guys who can defend a little bit. Otherwise, they won't see the floor. And that's perfectly all right because this team made the playoffs on the strength of its defense. It is. This is a really good defensive team. Don't don't ever forget that. That this team was a top ten defensive team, and and they can do that again. It's not going to be easy, of course. I, I think I think the other issue that the Magic have to face is they have to find ways to to lower their margin for error. And, and yeah, that probably means they need to upgrade some positions. And then I, and I would argue, you know, I know we're, we're you know we're the, the the corpse is still fresh here, but I would argue, yeah, you know, DJ Augustin was great this year. They could upgrade at point guard, whether it's Markel Fultz or someone else. Um, Evan Fournier had a really down year. And unless he's going to recover, you know, getting that contract off the books or, or getting something of value for that money would be huge for this team. Um, there's already a rumor floating about that the Magic would be interested if the New Orleans Pelicans made Drew Holiday available. To me, Drew Holiday, provided he's healthy, is the perfect kind of player. For the magic, you know, big for big for his position, willing to defend, able to get into the paint on his own, like he he'd do really well here. He'd fit in really well in Orlando, but I, I'm not going to get into the, the the contours of the deal. There the rumor, there's a counter rumor out there saying that the Pelicans don't intend to trade you Holiday at all. So moot point. We'll see what happens. Draft night does crazy things. Um, but. The Magic, I think, do have to be aggressive, seeking ways to kind of lower that margin fair. That doesn't mean they have to push all in. I don't think that they should trade anyone that they're not willing to part with. I wouldn't trade Bamba. I wouldn't trade Gordon. I wouldn't trade Isaac. I wouldn't trade Fultz, obviously. You got to keep that core together. But I wouldn't do anything that doesn't give you perhaps some type of proven outcome, if that makes sense. You know, I think that the Magic have established something here, and stability. You know, you don't want stability for stability's sake. Um, if you can, if you feel like you can upgrade the roster, you do it. But I wouldn't do anything that stretches the roster too thin. And the Magic do have limited resources to use in free agency this summer, so it might be another kind of quiet summer for the Magic, where they look for little bargains on the on the on the perimeter then again, they could make a big splashy move like that, trading Fournier Fournier in their pick on draft night for for something to bolster the lineup and and really say, you know, yes, we're developing our young guys, but we're also in this to make the playoffs again. We're not sitting on our hands. And I think that's very, very possible that that's something that they do. Um, It's going to be tricky, but obviously the Magic, I think, shouldn't take making the playoffs for granted and they should be in addition to developing those key young guys that I mentioned, they should be looking to make the roster better any way they can. And yes, that that does include that Nikola Vucevic question that I just talked about. It's, again, it's a huge summer for that reason because it could be very easy for them to sit tight and see what the East landscape looks like and try and do this again. But, you know, as I said, standing still is falling behind in this league. It's, I mean... did the Magic overachieve? Yes, probably. Are they likely to be this healthy again next year? Probably not. And I think that's, those are big deals that we, we have to talk about and think about as the Magic look to make improvements to the team.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: But ultimately, there is one improvement that the Magic can make, that the Magic will make, that doesn't require them to do anything. And I think the playoffs showed how vital it is for this improvement to happen. I think I can safely sit here regardless of what happens with Nikola Vucic, regardless with anything else on the roster. I think I can sit here and tell you today that the 2020 Orlando Magic season relies on Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac taking the next steps in their careers becoming more consistent offensive threats and regard again regardless of if they resign Nikola Vucevic they could resign Nikola Vucevic and I would still say this they have to begin making this their team the playoffs honestly proved one thing to me that this team needs to belong to Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac those two players are difference makers. Just, just by being on the floor. They are terrors defensively. They are guys the opponent does not want to face. It took Kawhi Leonard going insane. And, and he went insane. I, 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 he had a fantastic series, the MVP of the series. But he had a crazy good series. Playing against tough defense both from the Magic and I think generally from Gordon. I think Gordon had some slip-ups here and there, but he was generally very, very good. And Pascal Siakam had his breakout series, but found it very, very tough to break down Jonathan Isaac. The Raptors had to work hard to either get Isaac in foul trouble or get switches to open up for Siakam. And at the end of the day, the thing fans around the league came away impressed with was the play of Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. The regular season, getting through the regular season, belonged to the veterans. Nikola Vucevic got the magic to the playoffs. DJ Augustin was vital. Evan Fournier had his moments. Terrence Ross had his moments. But the postseason belonged to Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. And as with everything else, as with everything else, the playoffs expose your flaws. Aaron Gordon is a good defender. He will be a great defender. He's not there yet. Jonathan Isaac is a good defender. He will be a great defender. But he's still young and and tends to make some mistakes still. But most importantly, neither one, and Gordon had his moments offensively, But neither one was ready to take over offensively. The Raptors essentially ignored Isaac in the corner and dared him to take threes. And when he made threes in game one, the Magic won. When he missed threes the rest of the series, the Magic lost. Aaron Gordon, you know, obviously going up against Kawhi Leonard is tough for anybody. He struggled a bit with that matchup offensively, but finally found his assertiveness in the third quarter of game four. And perhaps was trying too hard to be assertive in game five. He got his points. But they were all kind of within the flow of the offense, which is how you want Gordon to operate. But you wanted to see him raise his game up. Either way you look at it, they were the story of the playoffs. Nikola Vucevic's struggles and Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac as the future of this team. What I want to see in 2020, what needs to happen for the Magic in 2020 is they both need to take their next steps offensively. And that's all on them. Aaron Gordon came back from the offseason determined to be a two-way player, which he became. He was the Magic's most trusted and best defender overall. On top of that, he became a better playmaker too. Now comes the next step. The next step... The next step is to become a more consistent offensive player. To be able to take guys off the dribble. He's honestly the closest the Magic have to a guy who can do that. Become a more consistent three-point shooter. And, yeah, perhaps become the team's leading scorer next year. Become the all-star that everyone thinks he can be for Jonathan Isaac the next big thing for him is to be more assertive offensively to be able to hit that corner three and that outside shot more consistently and to take more control to take more control with the ball in his hands you saw flashes of it throughout the season. It was, rookie, it was essentially his rookie year, so you don't want to harp on the guy too much. But if the Magic want to get back to the playoffs in 2020, if the Magic want to be a team that can truly make noise and improve on what they did this year, not just be a seven seed sneaking in on the second-to-last day of the season or second-to-last game of the season. If they want to do all of that, They need those two players to lead the charge. They need those two players to take over. And so more than anything else this summer, more than the Nikola Vucevic decision, to be perfectly honest, as you can work around that. Next season needs to officially be that changing of the guard, whether the Vucevic and Fournier are there or not. Next season needs to be long. To Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. It needs to become their team, along with the other youngsters who are coming up with them. Because that is the future. That is the team that has a higher ceiling, that isn't gonna get stuck in the hamster wheel of the middle of the NBA. And that's what the Magic are banking on more than anything else. Like I've said before, I think you can travel both paths. I think you can have guys like Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier there for another year to make sure those guys are ready. And you'll know when they're ready. You'll know when it's time to move on from those guys. And I frankly don't think we're there yet. We, we could be there as early as next year, and I want to be there next year. But it might, they might need another year with, with, the, with those guys supporting them. Sometimes leading. Sometimes taking the charge that, that they can't quite take yet consistently. But to be sure, we need to see signs that they're ready to be the leaders of this team. To be the guys that lead this team onward and upward. Internal improvement is still going to be the best way for the Magic to get better. This team's future, I think, is still really bright. They accomplished a lot this season. And, and yes, uh, there are these big questions that I've... I've highlighted here today to ponder over. And now 2020 comes with it expectation. No one is and no one should be satisfied if the Magic do not make the playoffs next year regardless of whether Nikola Vucevic is back or not. This team should expect the playoffs for the foreseeable future. And missing the playoffs should be considered nothing short of a failure from here on out. And that's what this has done. That's what this season has done. Is it's raised that expectation level. It's, it's raised that belief in what's possible and what's honestly acceptable. To get there, to get there, they're going to need these two players to lead the way. And of course, we have a long way to go before September and October to ponder and see if they're able to do so. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at and Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast name listening device, including using the Himalaya app, the home of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Be sure to follow me on Twitter there at omagicdaily as exit interviews take place tomorrow. We'll hear from the team for the last time before they disperse for the summer. We'll have a complete recap of, of exit interviews on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, our Avengers Endgame spoiler-free episode of Locked on Magic. I will drop lots of spoilers. Of, no, I won't. I won't do that to you. Because Thanos demands your silence. I will not spoil the end game, but but I will see Avengers Endgame tomorrow. So I'm very excited. Um, uh, but um, that's 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 what's going on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm excited. Um, but and I'm sure Terrence Ross kind of sort of is too. It's bitter. It's bittersweet. I, I'd rather be watching Game Six tomorrow than than Avengers. I can see Avengers anytime. Game Six would have been fun, but no, not a bad consolation prize. Um, but we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic, spoiler free. I promise. Um, as uh, as we get ready for this offseason and wrap up the 2019 season. Until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.